1021 FM and 1350 ESPN. Des Moines Sports Leader. And that was gone! A Des Moines Radio Group Station. Wicket's World on ESPN Des Moines is presented by BetUS. Call 1-800-79-BETUS or go to BetUS.com. Enter code KRNT to get the biggest bonuses in the industry. This is Wicket's World with Mike Wicket on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Yo, yo, happy Friday, happy Labor Day weekend. Wicket's World on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Lots of football to talk about today. Lots of football from the college side, NFL. We're going to hit up uh, some fantasy football for you as well as we get you eased into your Labor Day weekend. If you've already left, good for you. If you're driving out and around the Des Moines area, what's up? I know you're ready to go and get to the grill. Be safe. My only thing I'm going to tell you right now, be safe, all right? This is one of the top five worst weekends for drinking and driving, so please be safe so that you can spend the long weekend with your friends and your family. If you're going to go out somewhere and have too many... I am guilty of that often. Uh, Make sure you get that Uber, get that ride, be safe. All right, that's the PSA. Coming up, end of the show, Jared Stansberry from uh, Cyclone Nation is going to join us. Uh, We are going to talk about this Iowa State team. We talked about Iowa last week with Rob Howe, and we're going to talk some clones at the end of the show. That's at 1245, and we'll talk some fantasy football for you in about 10 minutes. But first, the biggest story of the week. And this story has all kinds of different angles. You got a 30, how old is he now? 34-year-old quarterback who's got two years left on his contract who was traded in the offseason from Seattle to Denver. Russell Wilson gets a contract extension. Now, I don't know if, if, if necessarily we needed this contract extension because there's some criticism of giving a guy this old this kind of deal. He gets a five-year, $245 million contract with 165 guaranteed. That's the that's the rage right now. Guaranteed millions. Oh, to be so lucky. But that's the rage right now, whether it's Deshaun Watson or it's Kyler Murray or it's Aaron Rodgers or now it's Russell Wilson. It's all about getting the guaranteed dollars. He's going to be making a boatload of money this year. Russell Wilson will be the second highest paid quarterback in terms of average annual value in the National Football League. Number five, Patrick Mahomes. I remember when Mahomes signed that mega contract. I was working in Kansas City. And I remember when Mahomes signed this mega deal right after. And I'm like, man, $45 million a year for a quarterback. That seems insane. And he's fifth a year and a half later. (laughs) He's, He's fifth. A year and a half later, Deshaun Watson, forty-six million. His whole con, most of his contract is guaranteed. Not bad for a guy who may have committed sexual assault. Pfft. Don't worry though; he's got that eleven-game suspension, so he's he's all good, right? Uh, number three, Kyler Murray, who has proven absolutely nothing, at least but with Mahomes and now Russ, and of course the four-time MVP Aaron Rodgers. At least you know that those guys have won you something of value in the NFL. MVPs, Super Bowls, championships. Kyler Murray's done nothing to deserve this money. Deshaun Watson has done nothing to deserve the money he got. I'm not saying they're not special players, especially Deshaun, but they have done nothing to deserve it. At least, you know, with Mahomes... You got the MVP, you got the Super Bowl, you got the Super Bowl MVP. Russ has been there, won an MVP or won the Super Bowl. Rodgers has the Super Bowl a decade plus ago, but still, he's coming off back-to-back MVP years. So, Russ gets all the money, and I and I hate both sidesing myself because I do this a lot. But this is, I think, where most people are. It's like in politics. You're not all the way over here, and you're not supposed to hate everybody all the way over here, and then vice versa. I can see arguments for. A lot of different things on a lot of different sides, including paying Russell Wilson all of this money. 
And again, he got five years at 245. Write that down so I don't forget it. Five at 245 and 165 guaranteed. It's tough to be able to remember which of these quarterbacks got what. So from from Russell Wilson's signing perspective and what the Broncos had to do, I'm going to run through some of ESPN's best here. And I got a guy first from The Athletic. His name is Nick Cosmiter. And he said, you know, he covers the Broncos for The Athletic. And if you look at their situation, how ready that team is to win right now, signing Russ to this contract makes sense. I think that this is something that both sides wanted to get done almost from the moment that the trade happened back in March, right? That the Broncos gave up five draft picks, including two first rounders. They also gave up three players, uh, including two pretty good starters and Noah Fant and Shelby Harris. So they didn't do all that to only have Russell Wilson for the final two years of his contract. A long-term extension was inevitable. It was, I mean, it, it had to happen. You know, when the, I remember I was, uh, I was driving back from a station event and I turned on the radio, and everybody was waiting for Aaron Rodgers to get traded, right? That was the big, Rodgers going to get traded. And I was listening to this station, and the news comes down, Russell Wilson gets traded for everything that he got traded for from Seattle to Denver. And at that moment, you knew, well, this is not a two-year investment. The extension is coming. So it, it was on its way, and as Mina Kimes reports, and she knows, and she's a Russell fan, she's a Seattle Seahawks fan, she knows this was basically a no-brainer of a signing. This is a team that's been wandering the quarterback wilderness for quite some time, ever since Peyton Manning. It makes sense that they would be thrilled to you know, pay a quarterback who's been the model of consistency until last year. I expect him to bounce back. Obviously, he was banged up. The only thing that gives me a little bit of pause is this deal does take Russell into his mid to late 30s, and a lot of his game is predicated on mobility, which has declined a little bit in recent years. So that's something I would keep my eye on this season with Denver as his scrambling has gone down. But otherwise, it's a no-brainer for Denver. I mean, it does make sense, especially when you've gone through Paxton Lynch. And Case Keenum started like 16 games for this team. Uh, There have been some horrible quarterbacks since Peyton Manning's last year that have played quarterback for this team. I mean, the best one may have been Ted Bridgewater. I mean, that, and no disrespect to Teddy, but Teddy, two gloves ain't winning you anything. Um, So, you finally got your guy because they have so many pieces in place. And I know the, the one of the wide receivers, Tim Patrick, busted a, his ACL, I think, and he's done for the year. But they've got Cortland Sutton. They've got some nice other wide receivers. The young kid, Jerry Judy, is there. They've got the backfield, which is one of the best in the National Football League, and Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Don't sleep on that backfield, man. I'm telling you right now. And the defense is a top 10 defense in the NFL. The problem for Denver is, with all those pieces, you can't have Case Keenum as quarterback when the rest of the vision has Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and David Car- uh, Derek Carr. All right, you can't, you just, you're not going to win anything. So they push their chips all in. They send picks and Noah Fant, who's a good tight end. They banish them to the Pacific Northwest, and they, they bring this guy in. And Russ, see, Russ's last couple of years, or Russ's time, in Seattle, I think has been very mixed. Not in terms of, is he great? Because I think Russ is still a very, very good quarterback. Maybe a great quarterback in this league. But Russ has been handcuffed by an old curmudgeon of a head coach and an old curmudgeon system that they were running up there in Seattle. When they did let Russ cook, that's how everybody got to know DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. When they let Russ cook and he aired it out, they were putting up points. I don't know if they were winning a lot of games because their defense was so horrific. Seemingly, the the idea in Seattle was, man, we can't stop anybody because our defense sucks ever since the Legion of Boom is gone. But we need to figure out a way to control the clock, shrink a game. They would run, run, pray Russ can do something, if not punt, play. And, and, and that's, it was a bad football team, bad organization. Now you put him in this team. Now you put him with the Denver Broncos. Now you give him Jerry Judy and you give him Cortland Sutton and you give him two stud running backs and you give him Nathaniel Hackett as the head coach, the guy that was working with Aaron Rodgers for so many years in Green Bay. All of a sudden, this makes a lot of sense. The trade made a lot of sense. And the signing of the extension made a lot of sense. Brace yourself. 
Here's ESPN Stephen A. Smith. I would remind everybody that over the last five or six years or so, the Denver Broncos quarterback from the quarterback position have averaged about 19 touchdown passes. Russell Wilson has averaged 33. The brother's record as a starter is 104 and 53. He is a nine-time All-Pro. He's a Super Bowl champion. He's a big-time quarterback. He knows how to win. In the end, when you take all of that into consideration, you know you can depend on him. You know you can trust him. You know he knows how to act and conduct himself. Mm -hmm. You know he knows how to lead. You combine that with his level of production. And then you take into account the absence of production you've had from the quarterback position. Since Peyton Manning retired, there is nothing to talk about. Not only does he deserve this money, I don't think the Denver Broncos have much of a choice. So I, I had to remove my headphones because when Stephen A starts going, it's hard for me to hear it. But he makes good points other than I don't think he's a nine-time All-Pro. I think he's a nine-time Pro Bowler. I think there's a definite difference in that. But other than that, I, I don't necessarily disagree with Stephen A. Smith. Now, here's the other thing, and Mita Kimes alluded to it. This contract's going to take him till he's about 38 or 39. You watch Russell Wilson. What's made Russell Wilson so special? His voodoo magic, yes, his voodoo magic for sure. But what else has made Russell Wilson so special is the fact that not only can he beat you with that arm, he's incredibly accurate, has been for his entire uh, time in, in football, whether it was with the Seahawks or with Wisconsin or before that with NC State. Crazy good thrower, all right? But it's those legs, the ability to get out and run. And he has run less in the last few years than he had in previous years. It happens. We all get old. Um, even I. Um, but yeah, it, it's one of those things where you watch a guy like this get a little bit older and you wonder, is this going to be, which Russ is it going to be uh, when we get to the end of the contract? And I normally am like, all right, who can poo-poo a deal that most people think was a no-brainer at a thumbs-up deal? Let's go to ESPN's Chris Carlin. My issue here is not that Russell Wilson's not a great player. I think he is. But we are talking about an extension that kicks in at age 35 years old. And for me, that's an issue for the Broncos. When I look around the AFC and I see Josh Allen and I see Patrick Mahomes and I see Justin Herbert and I see all the great quarterbacks that are in that conference, boy, that is an awful lot of confidence in a guy that is going to be older when you are going to be on the hook for an awful lot of money. And he's not wrong. Carlin's not wrong there. But the re- And we have talked about, man, I feel like I have learned and discussed quarterback salaries more this offseason than my entire life because the bar just keeps getting raised. You know, it was, before it was Josh Allen and, you know, the Deshaun deal and uh, Kyler Murray's deal and Rodgers' deal and now uh, Russell Wilson's deal. Here is the deal about deals. The Broncos made this move right here. Five years, $245 million, just like the Cardinals made their deal and the Browns made their deal. They did it because two years from now, when they have to go through this all over again, that $49 million price tag on Russell Wilson is going to be 56. Four years from now, when Kyler Murray's still making $46 million a year, that's going to be 52 or 53 or 54 because revenue keeps going up, because you love football, I love football, TV deals keep getting bigger, more money is coming in, the salary cap gets bigger, teams have more money, and there's no more expensive and valuable piece in the national in, in all of sports than a quarterback in the National Football League. So while I don't necessarily think teams like Arizona, who could have franchised Kyler Murray, or Denver, who could have waited two years for Russell Wilson's contract to expire, I don't necessarily think those deals needed to get done here in the summer of 2022. I understand it from a financial perspective. Three, four years down the road, and I've I, I talked about this before, these quarterbacks are going to be making more money than you could even fathom. Quarterbacks weren't making $20 million a year 10 years ago. They weren't. When I was growing up, like a $2 million quarterback was insane. I made. I talked about this several weeks ago. There are, there is a high school quarterback running around right now, whether it's in Ohio or Texas, maybe here in Iowa. There is some quarterback right now that ten years from now is going to be making seventy or eighty million a year. Because right now that number is 
55. Check that. 45. I mean, how old do you think Patrick Mahomes is? He's 26. He's 27. He's been in the league for, what, four or five years now? Think about 10 years from now when your 18-year-old kid getting playing in, in his Friday Night Lights game tonight becomes 28. What the number for a quarterback is going to cost. So that's why Russell Wilson, partially, why Russell Wilson and the Broncos came to this deal. That's why Kyler Murray and the Cardinals came to their deal. They're like, well, we're going to gamble on Kyler. He's never won, he's never won a dang thing, but we're going to gamble on him because he's going to be, if he's great, we get him at a bargain. If he's bad, eh, he's cheaper than he would be a little bit later. All right? Coming up, some fantasy football talk. Kira, you are are you getting ready? Are you our producer Kira is participating in their very first fantasy football draft. Are you ready? Oh yeah. Kira, how many mock drafts have you done so far? I don't want to talk about it. How many? Give us a number. We can't go to break till you tell me how many mock drafts you've done. Nine. Nine mock drafts. <laughs> well, maybe our next guest will be able to help you, okay? Because we're going to go to Andrew Cooper. He's going to join us uh, and talk some fantasy football because you might need some help, all right? We're going to do this for you. Uh, you can read him at fantasyalarm.com. He's big on tight ends, too. I love reading his stuff about tight ends. He's next. Wicket needs a timeout. He'll be back soon. You're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Wicket's World on ESPN Des Moines is presented by BetUS. Call 1-800-79-BETUS or go to BetUS.com. Enter code KRNT to get the biggest bonuses in the industry. One zero two one FM and thirteen fifty ESPN Des Moines. I'm Mike Wicket. This is Wicket's World. Joining me right now, uh, I mean, I don't know if this segment is for me. I don't know if this segment is for those listening here in the Des Moines area. I can tell you, it is definitely for our producer Kira, who is participating in her very first. Are you nervous at all, Kira, for your first fantasy football draft? Okay, <laughs> you have to admit to Andrew how many. Mock drafts you've done on the internet before your first draft next week. <clears throat> tell him, tell him. Uh, Andrew, I've done nine mock nine. drafts. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Uh, and what, what's the highest grade CBS gave you? C. Oh, boy. Well, Andrew, mm. hopefully you can help out. Andrew Cooper joining me from <laughs> fantasyalarm.com. Andrew, thank you so much for the time, man. General. I guess the first rule you would tell our producer, Kira, who is in their very first fantasy draft of their lives. So the very first rule, I would say, is uh, if you're drafting your very first fantasy team and you don't want to look like a fool, I can give you one rule. Don't be the first person to draft a defense or a kicker. (laughs) That's a good answer. That's that, the that's that I, the easiest that I got. way to avoid the ridicule, right there. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be in the fourth round, being like, mm, "That Rams defense looks really great." Let me <laughs> yeah. go see if I can get Harrison Butker here in the seventh round because he's a steal. Uh, but in all seriousness, Andrew, I mean, I have got three drafts next week. I cannot wait. Uh, is the the consensus is Jonathan Taylor? But if I were to take Christian McCaffrey or anybody else ahead of Taylor. Am I crazy? Well, I'll tell you right now. I got a way for everyone listening to make their lives a lot simpler. You too, Kira. It's in full PPR, full point per reception, draft Christian McCaffrey in every other format, half or standard. Take Jonathan Taylor and sleep good at night. Why? When you look at the numbers for these guys, Christian McCaffrey last year in only six games, because he got hurt in the seventh game without catching a pass. He caught 37 passes. In 17 games, Jonathan Taylor only caught 40. He actually got fewer targets on his own team than Naheem Hines. So, <laughs> in, right, it's like in the format we're looking at here, you want to take the best player for the format in full PPR. No one has higher upside than Christian McCaffrey. In that format, uh, in points per game, he has the number one and number two season over the last 15 years. The the uh, season, or sorry, over the last five years, the season that Jonathan Taylor had last year, even though he was the top wide receiver, doesn't even crack the top ten. So uh, it's just it's just not a um, 
It's not as high upside in that format. In Th- half PPR or standard, go with Taylor. Talking to Andrew Cooper, fantasyalarm.com. I know there are a lot of mock drafts going out. The big fan, like next week is when most people have their drafts because you want to wait till all the games and all the practices and all the until camp really is over till we finally get to game week. After you get past Taylor and McCaffrey, I mean, there are a lot of question marks at the running back spot. Derrick Henry, is he 100%? Dalvin Cook, do you want to get a guy that high who's going to give you 13 games? Like, Who's the next guy after the big two at the running back spot? Yeah, Dalvin Cook. I mean, it's crazy. He's never played a full season, Mm -hmm. right? It's crazy. He's been in the league for like five, six years now. Um, You know, and Derrick Henry, there's only two running backs in the league that are older than 27, two starters. One's Derrick Henry. The other's Coral Patterson. So he is in rare air there as well. So for me, the guy I'm taking is Austin Eckler. It's going to be a high-powered offense. He catches a ton of passes. You can bank on him to – to play and give you a good floor there. So I'm pretty set on taking him as my, my third running back this year. Is he going to be there when I go sixth in a guillotine league? Do you think? Cause I got that draft coming no. up Monday night. It's not going to happen. Damn it. Andrew. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the good news for you though, Rick, is that uh, I, I hate the seventh pick. I love the sixth pick because you're still going to get one of those three running backs and then just sit there and take whoever's left out of Justin Jefferson. Jamar Chase or Cooper Cup. It feels good. Seven is where it gets scary. Does uh, does Jefferson in the new offense, and this is something too, because I feel like I like to, in that particular format, I wait on quarterback until I, I really don't have to because I don't need a quarterback to be great in that particular format. But for the most part, Kirk Cousins has been, and I know that we got a lot of Viking fans here in the Des Moines area, but Kirk Cousins has been a good quarterback. I think I heard a stat. He's thrown a touchdown pass in 31 straight games. Nobody else has that streak in the National Football League. Do you worry about Cousins and Jefferson and Thielen, as talented as they are, in a brand-new offensive system, especially early in the year? I mean, if I, I feel like if I had Adam Thielen, I could throw a touchdown in 31 straight games. <laughs> that guy is just he's a touchdown machine, right? Yeah. Like, uh, and here's the thing about, about Kirk Cousins, that people in the fantasy world, and the fantasy world is what skews this, right? is that we look at Josh Allen as the QB1 and Kirk Cousins as this guy that's like QB10. But if you take the rushing out of it, Kirk Cousins on a per-game basis actually threw for more yards, just as many touchdowns, and his interceptions were way lower. In terms of just passing, Kirk Cousins wasn't that far off from Josh Allen. It's the rushing that makes the difference. Now, when I look at this offense, Kevin O'Connell is coming over, bringing a Super Bowl-winning offense that – uses 11 personnel every snap. It is the best situation in terms of passing. So I think, once again, Justin Jefferson is going to be good. Adam Thielen's a guy I'm taking in every league. I mean, uh, and I'm, this isn't just pandering to you and your Vikings fans out there. I know you guys, uh, you're kind of in the, the middle there between yeah. the Packers and the Bears. Yeah, you got everybody. We got, we got so, five here, Andrew. It's the Packers, we got the Chiefs, we got the Vikings, we got the Bears, we got Cowboys fans littered in Iowa as well. Oh, yeah. So you got it all. Yeah, but so Adam Thielen, think about this. Uh, 2020, he was the wide receiver 10. Last year, through 11 weeks, he was the wide receiver 7. So before he rolled his ankle, he had 90 targets, 10 touchdowns. So wide receiver 10 the year before, wide receiver 7 before he got hurt last year. And this year, he's the wide receiver 30 coming off the board. Feels mm. like a slam dunk for me, no? Mm. There's some value in Adam Thielen talking to uh, Andrew Cooper. Check him out online, fantasyalarm.com. What quarterback do you think makes the biggest jump fantasy-wise from last year to this year? The biggest jump fantasy-wise. So the thing is, everyone thinks that Jalen Hurts is going to make a huge jump, but he was actually already pretty good last year. So a guy that I think is going to make a huge jump is Derek Carr. Because if you really think about that situation with him, they've been trying to get him pass catchers for years. They bring in Antonio Brown. He freezes his feet off, calls the GM a cracker or whatever happened there, right? They bring in Henry Ruggs as a first-round pick. He's in jail. You know, the the uh, their third-round pick, uh, Brian Edwards, is now with the Falcons. He's not even with the team. Like, they've been trying to bring him in pass catchers. This year, he's going to have Devonta Adams. He's going to have Darren Waller. Hunter Renfro was a top-10 wide receiver with Derek Carr last year. For me, I think Carr is in a position to – he could potentially lead the league in passing yards. It's and, not crazy. And you know it's amazing with all those weapons that you just mentioned, plus John, Josh Jacobs, who's an RB2, 3, whatever, wherever you want to put him. I'm sure I'll draft him way too high. Um, but with that offense, they still might not even make the playoffs because that division is so good and littered with so much other talent. 
somebody in that division won't make it. And maybe the Raiders, maybe it's Russ, maybe it's Herbert, it's and maybe it's Mahomes. It's crazy. It's crazy to sit here and think, I mean, like you can realistically say that the Chiefs could possibly come in last in the division. Yeah. It's crazy because, you know, and think about the pass rushers those teams added, right? Like it's, uh, you know, the um, you already had Joey Bosa and they went and added, uh, the Chargers added Khalil Mack, right? Yep. And then you had uh, Max Crosby and the Raiders added Chandler Jones. I mean, it is going to be a bloodbath in that uh, division. I think the first game of the year is Chargers against Raiders, and the over-under for that game is like 53, 52 points, something like that, just a shootout. I forgot Chandler Jones signed with with Vegas. That was a long time ago, wasn't it? Crazy offseason, man. Like, everyone's moving around all over. It's it's just, it's, it's nuts. If you follow Andrew on Twitter, and you, you probably should follow Andrew on Twitter, all right? He's Coop A. Fiasco on Twitter. You will notice that Andrew spends a lot of time talking about tight ends. And, Andrew, that is one of the reasons I love following you on fantasy and, and following you on Twitter and, and watching your fantasy takes is you spend a lot of time talking tight ends. When should people make the move for a tight end? Because there's the four biggies, then there's a big gap. Or am I wrong on this? No, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's basically how I'm looking at it is uh, if I can get one of the top guys at a good value, I will. Otherwise, I'll wait and use this strategy called yin and yang tight end. And if you type, you know, go in the Google machine, type Andrew Cooper or Fantasy Alarm yin and yang tight end, the article I wrote uh, will come up. And the idea of that strategy is you wait and draft two. The yin tight end is your safe guy that you can trust early but has kind of a cap ceiling. And then your yang tight end is just a super risky but high upside guy, right? So you, you draft two, you start the safe guy, and you just keep try, you know, rotating these risky guys on the bench until you hit on somebody. So for me, I'll maybe take Kyle Pitts if he's there at the right value. Otherwise, I'll wait, and I'll take somebody like uh, you know, a Dalton Schultz with Michael Gallup being hurt or, or uh, uh, Zach Ertz with no DeAndre Hopkins early, guys that you can trust early in the season, and then I'll just shoot for crazy upside on the bench. Give me a Cole Komet. Uh, or give me Evan Ingram could lead the Jaguars in targets. Use your imagination. Somebody that look for tight ends that could who's be the either. Dude, who's the, the, who's the guy whose name I can't pronounce in, in Denver who they're, they're replacing Fant with? Albert Aquebunum. That's or, the, the dude. Easy, the, the cheat code is to just say Albert O. Okay. Everyone now knows who O is. Just <laughs> stick with that, right? Is that a yin and yang if I go safe with somebody early and is Albert O a gamble late? Because that offense, it's going to take a little while. But like Minnesota's, I think by the time we get to Halloween, Denver and the Vikings, they could have some really potent offenses. Yeah, so the real secret is to look for guys that you think could be a top two target on your on the team. So me, I think that it's probably going to be Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. So Alberto, for me, falls more into the yin category. Okay. I mean, if you were to push a shopping cart down the field, Russell Wilson could, could loft a touchdown in there to, <laughs> to anybody at some point. So you know Alberto is going to score, right? Like, you know he's going to have his games. It's just it's hard to predict him to be above those other guys. So Albert is a guy where it's like you can, you can trust him to potentially score for you early on, but still use a bench spot on somebody crazy. Like somebody that, that in your mind, say to yourself, can this guy be top two? Like can David and Joku be top two behind Amari Cooper? Do you, I mean, it's uh, that's really, it, it ends up being the, the short trick. And then if you, you pull up the article that I just mentioned, you'll see all the other little tricks there, but that's the biggest one. It really is. Follow him on Twitter at Coop A Fiasco. Read his fantastic work at fantasyalarm.com. He's Andrew Cooper. Andrew, thank you so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. We'll do it again down the road. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, and good luck to uh, to Kira in her very first draft. I hope she crushes, right? <laughs> She's just over here shaking her head. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Thanks, Andrew. All right. You. Do you feel better now? Did you learn anything? The yin, the yang? Did you did you get anything out of that? Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And now I can try that out on mock draft number 10. Oh, my gosh. All right. <laughs> our whole office is excited because Kira is in our fantasy league for the first time. And I didn't realize that our fantasy league had a slogan, which was just beat wicked. <laughs> But apparently, <laughs> that slogan is only for Kira because yes. you're the only one on the air with me, mm-hmm. whereas my, my partner on Laser 103.3, she's not playing in fantasy this year. No, you're taking Heather's spot because she 
Oh, no, now there's actual pressure. No, I mean, she finished last, so all you got to do is not be last, and you'll be all right. But, yeah, slogan of the year, or the league, just beat Wicket. Shout out to our new sponsor, BetUS, BetUS.com, promo code KRNT, and get the best bonuses in the entire industry. Coming up, I'm going to run through the National Football League because next week is the opener. Thursday, it's Bills and Rams. And then I'm on the day after. So I'm going to give you the predictions before we go into the NFL season for all the divisions and who is going to be hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. Also, we're going to talk some uh, college football as Iowa State gets ready for Southeast Missouri State. Okay, so it's more about the, the year than it is about this one game. But we'll talk to uh, Jared Stansberry about the, uh, the clones coming up at 1245 here on ESPN Des Moines. You're listening to Wicket's World on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Wicket's World on ESPN Des Moines is presented by BetUS. Call 1-800-79-BETUS or go to BetUS.com. Enter code KRNT to get the biggest bonuses in the industry. One zero two one FM and thirteen fifty ESPN Des Moines Wicket's World. My name is Mike Wicket. So we have a ton of sports going on this weekend. If you're looking for, if you're going to just be outside, and what a weekend it is! It's a beautiful weekend here in Central Iowa. Uh, my mother is on her way in with my stepfather. They're driving from Detroit to come hang out with uh, with us for the weekend. Usually they visit in January <laughs> or in in February, and there's always a blizzard. We're like, Mom, why don't you come out before the weather actually gets cold so you can see the kids? I got three kids. Uh, They're three, two, and two, and they're coming this weekend. So they're on their way. We'll be outside a lot. If you're outside, you could crank up the radio. We got Cubs and Cardinals tonight, St. Louis and the uh, the Baby Bears. Is that one at Bush Stadium? Is that right? I think that's down there. Yeah, because if it was here, it'd be a day game, and then it would be rained out. (laughs) <laughs> so that always happens here on Fridays. Uh, so we have Cubs and Cardinals for you tonight. And then tomorrow, uh, early, of course, we have Drake in their opener. Uh, the Drake football team heads to defending national champion, North Dakota State. They're a 45-point underdog. Good luck to the Drake Bulldogs, all right? That's a tough opener. That's a real, they get Missouri S&T next week. That should be a much different football game, but good luck to the Bulldogs. Uh, so we'll have that game for you. Chuck Reed has the call tomorrow afternoon, two o'clock here on ESPN Des Moines. And then tomorrow night, do we go back to Cubs baseball? Is that right? I did the promos. I should know. I make the dang schedule. Cubs baseball. And then Sunday, uh, we will have Cubs early and then Notre Dame and Florida State. Is that right? LSU in Florida State. LSU in Florida State. I get confused. There's a lot going on around here. It's the former Notre Dame head coach, Brian Kelly, against Florida State. So just turn your radio on. We have more live sports than anybody else in Central Iowa here on ESPN Des Moines. All right, Kira. We're going to play a little game, all right? All right. Since I know you're a huge NFL fan, (laughs) and you are in your very first fantasy draft coming up on Wednesday night, next Wednesday, all right? Yep. Day before the season kicks off. You and I are going to predict <laughs> the divisions, all right? <laughs> we got about six minutes to do this, so we're going to run through it. I know you couldn't name one player on most of these <laughs> rosters, <laughs> but I bet you do better than me, okay. all right? Okay. All right? Okay. So we'll start in the in the AFC East. Jets, Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, who do you think is going to win the division? And I'm not even going to give you any. I'm going to give you their first choice. Jets, Bills, Dolphins, Patriots. I mean, I think the Patriots is an easy option. Okay. They might finish last. Uh, The Buffalo (laughs) Bills will win. Uh, I see this going Patriots potentially third. Actually, the Jets will be in the bottom, especially Zach Wilson coming off the injury. Could be a slow start. Still a young team. Still an abysmal franchise. Jets fourth. Probably the Patriots third. The Dolphins, even though I don't buy all the hype of Tua throwing to Tyreek Hill. They'll be in second, but the Bills will win this thing running away. To the AFC North, Kira, Ravens, Steelers, Browns, Bengals. Who is going to win the AFC North? Hmm. Ravens, Steelers, Browns, Bengals, with all your football knowledge. This is how my wife beats me in the bracket (laughs) contest. 
Uh, <laughs> Ravens, Steelers, Browns, Bengals. It's all right. Uh, the Bengals because I, I, I don't know. Because they were in the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, yes, right, exactly, right. Yeah. right. Uh, I think the Bengals finish second in the division. I think they come back. I'm going to go with Baltimore, and this all, of course, hangs on the health of Lamar Jackson. They were the best team in the NFL before he got hurt last year. They lost every game after he got hurt last year. So I'll go Ravens one, then the Bengals. I think if Deshaun Watson was there, not serving an 11-game suspension, the Browns would be in contention. I don't think Jacoby Brissett's good enough to win enough games to stay with the Ravens for the division. They still might be a playoff team, but I'll go Ravens, Bengals, Browns, Steelers. Into the South, Texans, Titans, Colts, Jaguars. Who do you like in the South? Uh... Kira knows nothing about football. This is great. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> this is great. I hate this so no, much. This is fantastic. Oh. Um, uh, Texans, uh, Titans, Colts, Jaguars. Titans. Titans. Not a bad pick, Kira. But the question is, without A.J. Brown, who's Ryan Tannehill going to throw to? I've got the Colts. They brought in Matt Ryan. They've got the potential MVP there in Jonathan Taylor. That defense is always nasty. Will Frank Wright outcoach himself again in a game? They don't have what's-his-name Carson Wentz anymore to screw things up. I'm going to go Colts 1, Texans two, or Titans 2. Then I think you see the Houston Texans. Davis Mills can play in this league. You watch. That dude can play. And then I'm going to go with the Jaguars, all right? Uh, to the West, Raiders, Broncos, Chiefs, Chargers, toughest division in football. All these teams are good. All these. This is not an easy one to pick. Uh, as many of your listeners know, I'm from Missouri. Right. However, yeah. I think it's Broncos. You're going to take the Broncos. That's not bad. There's no wrong. I think the Raiders finished last. Uh, I think everybody's buying the Chargers hype right now. Kira, I'm going to ride the Broncos with you, <gasps> all right? I'm going to ride the Broncos with you. I think the Chiefs will finish second and the Chargers third and then the Raiders. But I have no idea. This division is basically whose quarterback can stay healthy Mm -hmm. to the NFC, to the East. Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, Commanders. Okay. I pay attention. And you said the Cowboys suck. So. (laughs) (laughs) Not them. All right. Uh. The Rams are in that one, right? Nope. The Cowboys, the Giants, the Eagles, or the Commanders. Wrong side of the country. Dang it. That's all right. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to give the Commanders a fighting chance. You're going with the Commanders. All right. All right, Kira. Let's do it. All right. It's going to be the Eagles division, I think, with the acquisition of A.J. Brown and the ascension of uh, Jalen Hurts. It's going to be the Eagles, then the Cowboys, then the Commanders. If Carson Wentz can play well, they can they can make some noise, but I don't think they have the talent right now. But Winston McLaurin could be dangerous, and the Giants are a disaster. NFC North, uh, Bears, Packers, Lions, Vikings. Oh, gosh. Don't screw this up, Kira. <laughs> Bears, Packers, Lions, Vikings. Uh, the Packers. Good call, Kira! <laughs> the Packers. I think the Vikings will make some noise in the second half of the year once they get the offense figured out. I think Green Bay will win this. They're going to finish with 13 wins. I think the Vikings will be there with 10 or or 9 right there behind them. I'm not buying the Lions hype yet. That's a 7-win team, and the Bears are the worst team in football. Uh, NFC South, Panthers, Falcons, Saints, Buccaneers. Oh, shoot. Panthers, Falcons, Saints, Buccaneers. Again, Kira, our producer, knows nothing about football. That's why I'm having them pick the games here, pick the winners of the divisions. The Saints. The Saints. Not a bad pick. I actually, I almost went that direction. I'm going to buy into Brady hype one more year. One more year. It's going to be Buccaneers, Saints, Panthers, Falcons. I don't believe in Baker Mayfield. And then out west, Niners, Cardinals, Rams, Seahawks. Who you got? There they are. You got the Rams, the Super Bowl champs? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's a safe bet. I think it's a smart (laughs) bet. I think it's Rams, then the Cardinals. I don't believe in Kyler Murray after Halloween. I think the Niners are very good, and Seattle, uh, if Trey Lance can play well, San Francisco will be there. I think it's Rams, Niners, Cardinals, even with all that money, without DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins the first half of the year, and then the Seahawks, they're terrible. So I will hang these up, and then we'll see how well we do by the time we get to January, all right, when it gets really cold, Kira. By the way, I when have it the, gets really cold and I forget how this segment went. <laughs> oh, I won't let you forget. Um, I have the Packers coming out of the NFC and the AFC. I have the Bills. 
and then I don't know what's going to happen. So I've got, I'll just heart pick Packers over Bills. There's my Super Bowl prediction. That's a lot of heart. (laughs) It's a whole lot of heart pick right there. Coming up on the other side, we're going to talk some uh, Cyclone football. Jared Stansberry is going to join me from CycloneFanatic.com. They open with SEMO, but the bigger deal is next week and beyond. Jared Stansberry joins me next on ESPN Des Moines. Wicket needs a timeout. He'll be back soon. You're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Wicket's World on ESPN Des Moines is presented by BetUS. Call 1-800-79-BETUS. Go to BetUS.com. Enter code KRNT to get the biggest bonuses in the industry. 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wicket. This is Wicket's World. College football back. Everybody watched the Backyard Brawl last night. Got a couple of games coming up tonight, but here in central Iowa, up in Ames, fans are getting ready for the big Iowa State season to begin a very different-looking Cyclone team than in the last few years. Joining me right now from CycloneFanatic.com, Jared Stansberry is with me. Jared, thank you so much for the time, man. How are you? Yeah, anytime, man. I'm doing well. Ready to ready to get this thing rolling tomorrow afternoon. It's so weird because I want to go back to maybe the last two years, but specifically last year. If we would have had you on, maybe earlier in the in the offseason, not the day before the game, but there would have been all this talk about where's Matt Campbell going to leave Iowa State to go. We don't hear that as much anymore. Has, is that kind of weird as someone who covers Iowa State to not have to fight off all the rumors about he's going to Notre Dame, he's going to Michigan, he's going to all these other places? Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I guess so. I think, I think right now I'm in a spot where when Matt Campbell leaves, he's just going to leave. You know, I don't know that there's going to be a whole lead up to it or anything like that. So, uh, I, from everything that I've ever talked to with people and things like that, like Matt Campbell's been a man, a man of his word of wanting to build up Iowa State. Yep. Uh, and stay in Ames. So uh, I guess it's kind of odd, you know, because like the outside noise maybe isn't as loud as it normally is, but. I think the people that are close to the program that cover the team and things like that, we're just glad to not have to ask those questions because they're annoying questions to ask, but you're never going to get answers to them. I think you just called my question annoying, Kara, and I'm okay no, with no, that. No, no, I'm no. Just, I'm just saying uh, it's annoying to have to ask because Matt Campbell's not going to give you a good answer sure. that is going to be really revealing. So it's like I hate having to talk about it because he's never going to talk about it publicly. So. Jared Stansberry joining me, CycloneFanatic.com. Uh, biggest, of course, well, one of the biggest two moves, I guess, is, you know, Brock Purdy off to the National Football League. Greatest quarterback statistically in the history of the program. What do we know about Hunter Deckers? What have you seen in camp? What have we been hearing in camp that should give Cyclone fans confidence in the year? Yeah, I mean, the the one quote that I'll, I'll give you is I was talking to an Iowa State assistant. I asked him how Hunter had been doing, and he said, he's done everything that you would hope that a backup quarterback stepping into the starting role would do. And I think... Yeah, I think we've seen flashes from Hunter on the football field where he's been able to go out there and make some plays. You know, he played in 2020 against Kansas. He played last year against Kansas. He played against Oklahoma. Uh, went in at a big point in that game against Oklahoma and led Iowa State to a touchdown drive in that game. Um, you know, so I think we know that he's got the arm talent from everything that it, it sounds like he's done all of the intangible things that you want him to do, you want to see from your starting quarterback during the offseason. You know, now we're just going to find out when that pressure is on. And you know, the, the bullets are flying, the lights are on, like, what, what can you do kid? You know, and obviously it's his team now. Can you be a leader? Can you, um, you know, can you help this team go out there and have success and are people going to try and follow you? And I think that the people within the program feel really good about that. If he plays the way that it sounds like he has during fall camp, I think that he should have a pretty darn good season. And, you know, if Hunter Deckers has a good season, then Iowa State probably should as well. Jared Stansberry joining me from CycloneFanatic.com here on ESPN Des Moines. Follow him on Twitter at Jared Stansberry. What's the playbook look like for him as compared to Purdy last year? Is it really dumbed down, dumbed down at all? Uh, I don't know if it's dumbed down. I think it's just changed, you know, and I don't know if that's as much to do with Brock even and, and Hunter as it is to do with the personnel that's around him. You know, obviously Brock had the luxury of having three tight ends over the last two years who were, not only really good blockers, but were, you know, phenomenal catching the football. You know, Charlie Kohler, arguably the best tight end in Iowa State history. Chase Allen is probably, in, you know, one of the best. I mean, I think Dylan Sainer from two years ago was, was another of those guys that, you know, Iowa State just does not get players like that very often. And so Iowa State's offense, rightfully so, is really heavy with those tight ends. You're going to see less of the wide receivers. And, 
um, see more of them throwing it across the middle of the field. Well, now you, you know, you lose Chase and Charlie. Both of those guys are playing in the NFL now. How does that offense evolve? You know, what's the next thing for them? I think they feel now, you know, rather than the strength of that group of their pass catching being, you know, the tight ends, I think they feel really good about those receivers. Obviously, you bring back Xavier Hutchinson, who set an Iowa State record last year for single season receptions, a first team All Big 12 player two years in a row, uh, you know, arguably the best wide receiver in the Big 12. Jalen Knoll really came on strong at the end of his freshman season last year. Uh, he's a true sophomore now. You know, he's had the um, had the offseason to, to continue to grow. You know, what does that growth look like? I think they feel like he's a guy that you can really start to build your offense around with him and X. Um, you know, and then you got guys like Demetri Stanley, Darren Wilson, Sean Shaw. Uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of some other names, but I'm drawing a blank. But, I mean, you've got a bunch of those veteran wide receivers that I think they feel really good about. They can spread the field out and, you know, hopefully try and stretch the field a little bit more than what they maybe have in the past and, and play a little bit more vertically i think hunter's got a is a little bit better of a vertical passer than maybe what brock was uh throughout most of his career and then too i mean what does it look like now you know we've talked about you replacing brock but you've also got to replace a two-time first team all-american and Brees hall and arguably the best running back in college football over the last two years so you know jaro brock announced the starting uh, announced as the starting running back um what does that look like for him how does that change what they're able to do in the running game. How much do you work in guys like Eli Sanders, Deion Silas, and Cartavius Norton, who were all in a position battle with Jirel during fall camp. And um, so I think, you know, I don't know that it changes because of Hunter as much as it changes because of all of the pieces around Hunter that uh, can do different things than maybe what the guys that were around Brock could do. How good is Brock and how well, I mean, replacing Brees is impossible, but how well do you think he's going to perform? He's been here for a bit, 6'2", 220, or however big he is. I mean, he he looks the part of a running back. Yeah, he absolutely does. And I mean, I think people forget that, you know, when him and Brees Hall came in in the, in the same recruiting class back in, I guess that would have been, what, 2019? Uh, you know, Jirel was the higher-rated recruit for, throughout the most of that recruiting cycle. And I think, you know, there was some surprise maybe that Brees emerged as, as the guy, but you know, I think even though Jirel was backing up Brees, I think a lot of people in the program felt like he was really growing at a rate that when he was going to get an opportunity to be the guy, he was going to be able to have a lot of uh, come in immediately and have a lot of success. And I thought you saw towards the tail end of last year that some of that started to come through. He had a big run uh, in that game against TCU, the last regular season game. Uh, I thought he played pretty well in that cheese it bowl. They just didn't really try that hard to, uh, to really run the football, but um, I think they feel like he's going to have an opportunity to step right in and, and kind of pick up where Brees left, left off. I mean, does that mean that he scores a touchdown in 25 straight games and, and things like that? No, but I think they feel like they're comfortable with that room. They feel like they've got talent there. I think they think they feel like Jirel has really emerged as the guy in that group of, uh, of pretty talented running backs that you know is pretty inexperienced behind him. Jared Stansberry for another minute or two here from CycloneFanatic.com. Joining me on here at ESPN Des Moines, I'm Mike Wickett. This is Wickett's World. Were you surprised when Will McDonald announced he was coming back, all things considered? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I think uh, I think the reality is that Will has to do a better job of, of putting on film that he can be an every-down type of player. Obviously, he's got the high-end talent as a pass rusher, but you know, you, if you're a great pass rusher, you can really only play on third down or in obvious passing situations and things like that. So he's got, he, I think he felt like he needed to come back and prove himself as a guy who can play, you know, on every down for you and, and make an impact for you. And, uh, you know, if he does that, I mean, it wouldn't shock me at all if he ended up being a, a pretty high level draft pick. And I just think, you know, he probably would have been a second or third day guy last year and, and for him to come back and, you know, you know, knock on wood, as long as you stay healthy, then have a big senior year and, and hopefully put yourself in a position to, to make even more money and go even higher in the draft than you were last season. Jared, are we going to learn anything from this game against Southeast Missouri State? I'm not sure how much we're going to learn about that Todd group. It'll probably come down to, to what the you know score looks like around uh, around halftime and things like that. But I do think if Iowa State gets, com- you know, gets a comfortable lead and is able to put in some guys that, you know, we haven't been able to see. They've got five true freshmen on their two deep right now on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe get to see some of those guys and um, see some guys make their cycling debuts. So I don't know how much we're going to learn. They're probably going to play pretty vanilla, but uh, we'll at least get a, a, a little preview, I think, of what 
Iowa State's going to try and do and how they're going to try and attack teams here moving this, uh, moving forward this season. Yeah, can't give Kirk Ferentz anything. Not in week one. Right, <laughs> right. can't put anything on film. Can't, can't let anybody see the wrinkles, for sure. Jared, thanks so much for the time, man. Appreciate it. Talk to you again down the road. Yeah, anytime. Follow him on Twitter, at Jared Stansbury. Read his fine work, cyclonefanatic.com, Iowa State, and SEMO, uh, Southeast Missouri State, coming up tomorrow up in Ames. 83 degrees at kickoff. It's a hot day at Jack Trice Stadium. And if you want a, a preview on the Hawkeyes, I talked to Rob Howe a week ago from HawkeyeNation.com. He was my guest. You can check that out. That podcast is available at uh, ESPNDesMoines.com. So make sure you check that out if you want balance. <laughs> because some people are always like, well, you, why didn't you talk about the Hawkeyes? We do it all here on ESPN Des Moines. That's what we're here for, all right? Oh, college football is back. Two tonight. Big one weekend, big games all weekend. Week one's always great. Week two always sucks. Now, I haven't looked ahead, but I've been doing this for two decades now. Week one is always great. You get these primetime matchups. Like we have, what, Notre Dame and Ohio State going on. Utah and Florida, normally that's a little bit bigger game, but the Gators are not ranked. We'll see what happens there. Cincinnati, Arkansas, top 25. Oregon and Georgia is the big one tomorrow. 11 and number three. I mean, that... Usually, week one, great. Week two, always sucks. There's never good stuff week two. Maybe one good game. We had that good one last week, though, in week zero, didn't we? Watching Nebraska completely implode. Not just Nebraska football. Not just a national disgrace. But Nebraska football, also an embarrassment on an international level. So that's fantastic. Way to go. Scott Frost been fired yet? Kira? The next time that you and I are sitting in here, you'll be the proud owner of your very first fantasy football team. So good luck to you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't express to everybody enough. Like, this this is how I know I've made it. Yes. I'm an adult. This I work in an office. Yes. I've been invited to do fantasy sports. I mean, you're, uh, you're really grown up. We're really proud I, of you. Yeah. We're real proud of you. Wow. <laughs> Have a great Labor Day weekend. Be safe. My thanks to Andrew Cooper, FantasyAlarm.com, Jared Stansberry, CycloneFanatic.com. My name is Mike Wickett. We will talk with you next week. Enjoy the football. And again, please be safe and keep it right here all weekend. We've got live sports all weekend on ESPN Des Moines.